Spoiler alert! Get the latest news from the big and small screen with Mio. Welcome to episode four of Spoiler Alert on Sunny Side Up. I hope you managed to keep your head up during the last two weeks of lockdown, even though things haven't quite returned to normal just yet. Today, we've got an underlying 80s theme throughout the segment, whether it's a novel that was written in the 80s and now has a movie made, which was just released, or the very first movie in a franchise that was released in the 80s with a current new revival. First, we have to shine the spotlight on the movie of the week which is Hillbilly Elegy on Netflix. It's directed by Ron Howard, who is behind A Beautiful Mind and Apollo 13, among many others, and it's based on the book by J.D. Vance. The impressive cast includes Amy Adams, Glenn Close, and Gabriel Basso. It's an emotional and powerful film about one family's struggles living in Appalachian Hill Country. It deals with many powerful topics, like a family history of heroin addiction, child abuse, and three generations of mistrust. The casting was brilliant and Glenn Close is almost unrecognizable in this role. She completely transformed from the stately, elegant lady in damages to this, and uh, for a lack of a better way to put it, white trash hillbilly. The role of J.D. Vance is played by a younger actor for the earlier parts of the story and then later on by Gabriel Basso. This was a brilliant casting choice as it almost looks like the same person. The two actors look very much alike and almost like they could be family or siblings in real life. If you watched and enjoyed The Devil All The Time or Deliverance or even Mudbound, you'll definitely enjoy this one. So that was Hillbilly Elegy available on Netflix. Now for this week's TV series spotlight, we are checking out Cobra Kai, also on Netflix. If you watched The Karate Kid when you were growing up, then you'll get a real kick out of this one. 30 years after their final confrontation at the 1984 All Valley Karate Tournament, Johnny Lawrence is at rock bottom as an unemployed handyman haunted by his wasted life. However, when Johnny rescues a bullied kid, Miguel, from bullies, he is inspired to restart the notorious Cobra Kai dojo. However, this revitalization of his life and related misunderstandings find Johnny restarting his old rivalry with Daniel LaRusso, a successful businessman who may be happily married but is missing an essential balance in life since the death of his mentor, Mr. Miyagi. Even if you didn't watch the films, you'll still enjoy this series. It's brilliantly brought into current times with just the right balance of comedy, emotion, cheese, and of course, action. It has received a whopping 8.7 out of 10 on IMDb's rating system, making it a very popular fan favorite at the moment. Also, if you watch the first two seasons now, you'll be perfectly timed to catch season three, which will be coming out on the 8th of January, 2021. That's Cobra Kai on Netflix. Now, for the bookworms out there, you have to take a look at The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. This is the follow-up to the classic dystopian tale, The Handmaid's Tale, originally published in 1985, which you may know from the recent hit Hulu series starring Elizabeth Moss. This book is in many ways even better than the first book. For those of you who have not read the book but have seen the show, I strongly recommend going back and reading the book itself before 
before diving into the Testaments. The story of the first book concentrates on Offred, a woman forced into the position of a handmaid or birth surrogate in the Republic of Gilead in some undated future, possibly the 21st century. This is one of the scariest books ever written, even more so than Stephen King's tomes such as It and Pet Cemetery, simply because human nature allows for such horrendous situations to take place. For those of you who have neither read the story or seen the show, I won't say too much more. I don't want to spoil the entire experience for you, but I will say that the Testaments picks up where the first book leaves off, but from the perspective of three other women in Gilead years after the original tale ends. Besides bringing some closure to the story of Offred, it also provides fascinating insight as to how good people are capable of doing awful things. It also poses the question of would I really do anything else if I was in her place in a world that is a million shades of grey despite the first book's black and white morality. All in all, these two books should be considered mandatory reading, not only as excellently written books, but as glaring neon lit warning signs to us so that humanity does not take the wrong path into a nightmare future. Now for the hits and misses of the week, let's talk about Tiny World on Apple TV first. Nature documentaries have become much more popular in recent years due to the rise of environmental awareness and issues such as conservation and climate change. But this has to be one of the most spectacularly filmed nature documentaries that does not bear the magic name of David Attenborough on it. Of course, who can forget Planet Earth, the Blue Planet, and of course, Rise of Animals. Tiny World was filmed over 3,611 days, or 9.89 years if you're going to be technical, using drones, microscopic cameras, and even high-speed robotic arms in order to capture falling raindrops on film. Using the latest tech did not detract from the patience required to film many sequences, such as the 40 days needed for cuttlefish eggs to hatch, although it did allow for detailed images of creatures as small as one millimeter in the case of acorn ants. Now, in a tongue-in-cheek casting move, Paul Rudd was chosen as the narrator. After all, who better to dive into the tiny world than Ant-Man of the always popular MCU? The six episodes are 30 minutes each and explore various types of regions from the savannah, jungle, island, outback, woodland, and even garden, each teeming with color and life that we would never normally even pay attention to. This show is a great way of looking at the world from a different perspective. Another plus is the positive use of technology. The videography used has revealed something altogether never before seen in perfect and glorious clarity, showing that technology can be a good thing when used wisely. Finally, the narration is quite simple, so it is fun and understandable for the whole family. Kids will wonder at the colors. Older kids will be engaged with how these tiny world stories are presented, and adults will gawk at the tech know-how that made this series possible. In my book, this is definitely a hit. And now we come to the miss of the week. Being a fan of the Roald Dahl books when growing up, um, it's always a pleasure to see them being brought 
to the big screen. The last time this was done was in 1990 with Angelica Huston playing the part of the Grand High Witch. Even though this is not a favorite Roald Dahl story, the best of which are of course Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda or Danny, Champion of the World. This one worked well because Angelica Huston has such an amazing talent at bringing bad characters to life. For example, her performance as Rod Miller, the stepmother in Ever After, starring Drew Barrymore. This time, however, the choice to play the Grand High Witch fell to Anne Hathaway. Despite being known for her good girl roles as Mia Thermopolis in The Princess Diaries and the beleaguered assistant Andy Sachs in The Devil Wears Prada, her performance in The Witches was not quite as strong as it could have been. Unfortunately, despite her best efforts, her acting was over overshadowed by the use of extreme prosthetics to give the character that truly evil look, which generated a lot of backlash on social media. You just have to check out the hashtag not a witch to know what I'm talking about. Despite a good script and a great performance by Olivia Spencer as grandma, the film somehow fails to pull it off. It's a bit too over the top, even by Dolls standards, who was famous for creating truly evil and over the top characters. As to the controversy surrounding this movie, maybe the naysayers have a point, but does that mean that every children's book featuring a witch with a deformity or a pirate with a hook hand should be banned from our hearts and minds forever? I would say not, but either way, this movie is for die-hard Roll Doll fans only, and as always, it is better to read the books than watch the movie. Now, to keep with our 80s theme and to fit into this binge watch category of being able to start and finish a show in its entirety, I have two for you. There are few shows that showcase the 80s more than Dynasty, the soap opera staple. It's available on Amazon Prime. It is in equal parts ridiculous when looking back on it 30 years later, but like a car crash, you find yourself transfixed by the characters, the costumes, the hair and as always Joan Collins as the always manipulative Alexis but the ultimate pick for a show to binge watch that is set in the 80s is definitely The Americans from the very first scene of the show Kerry Russell blows you away since previous to this series she was best known as the good girl next door of Felicity fame but matched with the Welsh character actor Matthew Reese, the pair portray two Russian spies undercover in a Reagan-era Cold War America. The chemistry between the two leads is electric in the spy thriller series, and little wonder since this on-screen couple are also married in real life. Add to that superbly written storylines and great production value, and the result is 75 episodes of truly great television. Well, that's what I have for you this week, and hopefully there's something for everyone to keep the whole family happy. Tune in again next Thursday for more reviews and recommendations. As we get closer to Christmas, I'll be exploring some of the best and most popular must-watch holiday movies, so you don't want to miss out if that's one of your favorite genres. Stay safe this week, everybody. See you next time. That was Spoiler Alert with Mia.